Film Files, what's happening? Thanks for coming back. So, I know sometimes we try to have fun, we try to have a good time, but today we found a movie that's about friendship and love, right and wrong, murder, life, death, and cocaine and knee-high socks. Uh, We're of course talking about Weekend at Bernie's uh, from 1989, and I'm joined by... uh, a lot of people. Let's just go around the room and, and introduce ourselves. We'll start with this guy. Hello, it's me, Norm Burns. Glad to be here. Uh, Mike Feldhouse? It's Mike Feldhouse. It's Mike his first Feldhouse. time on the podcast. Yeah. The first time, just dipping my toes in. Hey, everybody. It's me, Joey Fondle, again. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. What's up? You know it's your boy, Sample. So, we're all old friends, but I never thought the movie that would bring us all together would be Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> It's really weird. It's uh, <laughs> not a good movie. Okay. No. It's, it's, it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. So we'll start with that. Uh, we'll do our little intro. You're, of course, listening to 90.7 WAZU. This is Movie Show Theater. Stay with us. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Good morning, Vietnam! I drink your milkshake. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Keep the change, you filthy animal. I'm sorry, you just tough talk a dead body? Get busy living or get busy dying. Keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. That's God right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. So, uh, I don't know where to begin with this. I guess we can just bypass the whole, like, uh, come on, how would you not know he's dead bit because 1989. I love that that aspect of this movie. They were all so strung out on cocaine that no one noticed. Yeah, Yeah, they, uh... And those that did just couldn't care less. Yeah, this is basically like a 1989 version of The Odd Couple if Oscar and Felix were, like, complete pieces of Basically, I don't know. I was on board with the the idea of the movie. It's been maybe five years since I've seen it, and uh, you gotta have that certain mindset of accepting everything you're told. You can't question anything. Uh, but this is probably my favorite uh, trash pick from the late '80s because it, it because it is a trash pick. I hate to say it because I do love this movie, but I had mentioned that I can't think of a movie that. I love as much while also still being like an undeniable shitty movie. I think my favorite part of the film is that the first half hour is uh, spent describing to the audience how hot it is in New York, and uh, and it never really comes back. It never really comes back into play. It doesn't. And, no. You know, the working title for this film was Heat Wave. Yes! Uh, it, no. It was heat, heat Wave. And the other working title, Some Like It Hot. So What does that have to do with anything in the movie besides the fact that it's hot? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. I think they they just stopped caring about the plot after the first half hour, and they were like, we're going to take the second half of this other script that we found on the ground and put that in there instead. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, both alternate titles were also allusions to how hot it was. All right, see, I mentioned that I was on board the the morning of day two when – Richie wakes up late, and he's like, 11.30? You mommy sleep till 11.30? At that point, I was like, okay, they're both miserable at their jobs. 
They hate the city they live in. They're broke. One of them lives with his parents. Can you imagine? Uh, so, I'll lay you out. So yeah, 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 yeah. Who is the director of the movie? Which is interesting. I read that on the IMDb trivia. Somebody, you know, users yeah. enter that trivia, and then it, I, I guess it gets verified. I don't know how that works. I can't believe he was willing to put his face in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it good was, for him. And I feel like he probably didn't age well. The director I should mention is uh, the guy who gave us First Blood. I think most notably, uh, Ted Kocheff. I would say whatever most notably, his weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so yeah, they're both pretty miserable people. They're both like unbelievably horny. Uh, <laughs> I just said, yeah, yeah. Andrew McCarthy's character is like the kind of guy that would say hubba hubba. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. You, you think that he wants to get laid, but he doesn't really make an effort to get laid. He just wants to like be the life of the party. He just wants to be in it. He doesn't really have any goals or objectives. You know, they don't really uh, tell you too much about his character. No, he's just—he's the personification of just pure '80s energy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, which includes cocaine, which is why he can't get laid. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he was trying to do in that bedroom. He's battling, battling his cocaine demons. You, you never, you never see him get a woman. You never see the woman in there or hear her, and you never see her leave. So, what was he doing in that bedroom, completely naked? Well, apparently, they cut like ten seconds out in like early the early nineties after it came out on video. So it would make. Weekend at Bernie's 2 makes sense because, you know, how that movie plays out, he had to be a virgin. And so, originally and theatrically, there was a woman in that room with him. And it was cut. Very, very <laughs> interesting. Now, I'm gonna leave it now, in there. You're thinking, Mike, why do you know so much about Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> or two for that matter. Yeah, or two. <laughs> Why do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Google. on. That was hey, a fragment. Google, guys. You know, I mean, there was like a good 30-minute stretch during this movie where I was like, I could probably Google something right now and not miss yeah, you too just, terribly you know, much. It, take, it takes like, what, 45 minutes to get to the weekend? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, is, which is weird. So just to bring everybody back to uh, 1989, this was released on July 5th of 1989, also released on July 5th of 1989, we got Lethal Weapon 2, License Ooh. to Kill, Whoa. When Harry Met Sally, and Karate Kid Part 3. All better movies than this one. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah. That whole summer was great. That was the summer of Uncle Buck. Ooh. That was the summer of uh, Dead Poets Society. Mm-hmm. Um, Driving Miss Daisy, don't forget yeah, that. Pound for Pound, maybe the best movie summer ever. It's funny how you commented while we were watching it that is this the movie where they count to three the most when it came out the same day as Lethal Weapon 2, where the biggest joke running through the movie is them counting to three? <laughs> oh, yeah. That is interesting. With the bomb toilet. Yeah. yeah. And Eeny, Meeny, Miny, and Mo. And then he shoots the thing, which is not counting to three, but it's also a count. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, I saw Loaded Weapon before I saw Lethal Weapon. Ooh. Wow. Remember Loaded Weapon? Amelia. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's called Loaded Weapon 1. Yeah, I know. I was, was that released. a National Lampoon? Was that National yeah. Lampoon? Yeah, it was. Loaded yeah. Weapon? Yeah. 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 yeah, I love, I hate John Lovitz, but I love the line when John Lovitz is like, don't you think it's kind of funny that in this you're doing that and Charlie Sheen is doing that with Hot Shots? And then he gets blown off a boat. Oh, thank God. Because <laughs> I think Hot Shots is, for my money, Hot Shots is better. I love Hot Shots and Pardue. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That guy who played uh, Saddam Hussein. <laughs> Brilliant. 
That was his job. He was like a Saddam Hussein impersonator. impersonator. Yeah. That's awesome. Kind of interesting. Has nothing to do with Weekend at Bernie's. So I have a couple uh, trivias. Trivias for you here. Did you say you found a trivia, Norm? I had two trivias. One, one relating to Weekend at Bernie's and one relating to the 80s. Okay. You want to ask us yours first? Well, I guess it's... Yeah, yeah, okay. So the, this is the so when I was looking through, I was just like, okay, movies of the eighties. I I had heard this before, but I didn't know it. But one of the biggest changes to motion motion pictures happened in nineteen eighty four. Um, Weekend of Bernie's obviously flew way past it. Other films should be way under it, but now we still suffer it to this day. Wait, is it a question? You don't have to just. Well, it's it's, it's more just narrative. a piece of trivia. Yeah, so it's not oh. really a question, but the the creation of. The rating PG thirteen. Yeah, it was either Gremlins or it, it could Temple be considered yeah. Temple of Doom. Yeah, both of those. Because yeah. one of them was the first released PG thirteen, and That's one of them Red was Dawn. the first. I thought Red Dawn PG-13. was the first PG thirteen movie. Red, no, it was, like after, it was Temple of Doom and Gremlins. So it was Temple of Doom. Both of those films. Red Dawn was never a movie. Stop that! It was a movie that came out in 2015. You stop that! So what is uh, what is Weekend at Bernie's rated? Rated R. Is rated R? No, it's PG-13. It's PG-13. It's gotta be PG-13. It is. Yeah. With the swearing, there's the one. nudity. Yeah, they even have a f- in there. Oh, there's no there's, nudity. There's one f- I there, there should be nudity though. Yeah. That's right. There is. A, it seems like one of those movies no that would nudity. have like gratuitous. Boob oh yeah, shots. you figured. Mm-hmm. It's the eighties. How could they not? Doesn't it have gratuitous boob shots? Drugs, violence. Yeah, I love how like necrophilia. Cocaine's that, a funny thing, you that know. That movie runs on cocaine, but I don't yeah. even think they ever reference cocaine in the movie. They do. Uh, were, you like, see a lot of characters sniffing see, quite I, often. Like, oh, yeah, they, they go into one room and come out just like, ooh. Oh. Jesus. And Bernie in his office Bernie represents, his office, like, yeah. the corrupt big business. Yeah. We were joking about how they never really – the place they work for is insurance – Something or other, but it's really vague. The writers were like, let's not spend a lot of time on this, you guys. Yeah, we don't even know what we do. They're like, let's not spend a lot of time on this. Let's just spend 45 f***ing minutes on this before we actually get to the island. They didn't have enough plots. So yeah, yeah. To, Which is definitely not the Hampton the Islands, body. by the way. They filmed it in North Carolina, so you're busted, Ted. They did have time to also throw into a PG-13 necrophilia joke and it's and it's never addressed as like how disgusting the characters are just like <laughs> and then they move on that was a close one like, <laughs> yeah yeah and they spend like you watch them for like two minutes waiting for this woman to get done boning a corpse and then nothing comes of it Be- just because no well because that happens the movie progresses the man sees the woman go in thinks to himself, well, he can't be dead. He must be alive because they're having sex and I'm watching them. And that progresses the danger to the main characters for the rest of the movie because she went in and, and banged a corpse. That's the, <laughs> that's the turning point. That is. Holy <laughs> shit. That's the start of that's Act That's like two. the inciting incident is sex with a corpse. <laughs> oh my God. PG-13. So I'm, I'm assuming if you're listening, you remember at least the gist of this movie. But the two main characters, Jonathan Silverman of the single guy fame and Andrew McCarthy, uh, of course, from... Less than zero. Mannequin. (laughs) (laughs) No, they uncover this uh, embezzled money from the insurance company and they bring it to the CEO's attention, Bernie, and he rewards them by inviting them out to his palace in the Hamptons for the weekend and... It's really Bernie that's been stealing the money. So he tells the 
most poorly portrayed mobsters that they need to kill these guys <laughs> at a restaurant that we're not sure if it's Italian or Mexican yeah, or both. Like yeah, mariachi music I think it's like a <laughs> Fazoli's that serves Mexican food. And so then, uh, unlimited breadsticks. Yeah, yeah. And the mobsters, Gumar, is uh, smashing her foot in Bernie's nuts, which apparently is pleasurable in the eighties. And so boiny, then, boiny. The mobster. <laughs> announces to the audience that now we're going to kill Bernie. Anyway, the mobster that is chosen to be the hitman is the worst hitman ever. Well, Go is ahead. he? Because he did he did his job. He killed Bernie. Yeah, three, you know what? That's times. true. He did his mm-hmm. job. That's yeah. true. It's, it's not, not his fault. It's fault that those two, uh, you know, <laughs> schmucks, schmucks two sociopaths. Yeah, they say schmucks so you know, many times. Yeah. You know, this movie is just a series of miscommunication. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, it really they're is. after them, so they can't call the cops. We've got to keep Bernie alive. And he's like, I killed you already. And so hilarity ensues. Wait, why can't they call the cops? Because because they, they have to keep Bernie with them because they think, you know, they're not going to kill, the hitman's not going to kill us if we got Bernie right next to us. So that's why they keep him around so they don't get whacked. That is, but, that is, so, that is so thin. I don't even think they knew their names. And then, yeah, and then we have a 25-minute speedboat chase. That are, It's not even a chase. It's just a speedboat, and they're yeah, falling it's just, off the It's just that they can't control it's the just, speedboat. It's, it's just not Larry even a chase. and Richie getting lost on the way and to then, the boat. Oh, 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 we're out of gas now? Let's just swim back to shore. On, <laughs> the, de- on the dead body. Yeah, yeah, done yeah, with yeah. that scene. By then, the, the body would be so bloated, it would like seem oh, like Oh, my rock. God. On the hottest weekend of the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I guess the hitman's fault is uh, he's got really low uh, confidence. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like he injects cyanide, I guess, into Bernie's ass. Because as soon as he injects it, he's like immediately dead. After his cartoonish, like, <laughs> So, if you're sure of what you're injecting into this body... You know that it's going to be dead. So you know you did your job. Yeah, well, that's why on the boat went home. <laughs> that's all this movie's about: a man's lack of confidence right. in himself. So, <laughs> so let's. Oh yeah, I wanted to. I, I have trivia too. Yeah. So, what's the name of the band, Marty McFly's band, in Back to the Future? The Pinhead. Wait, no. Is it Pinheads? It's not Pinheads. It is the Pinheads. <sighs> I thought Very it was good. Marty and the McFly's. All right, how many directing credits, specifically directing credits, does John Hughes have? And bonus Oof. points if you can name them all. Uh, Twelve. Directing. Twelve. <laughs> One of them was in 1991. So That's not, a hint. Not 12, then. Not 12. Did, 15. Did he direct Curly Sue? He did. Wow. So. Good call, yeah. That's or, the, didn't, or did that's he? That's the forgotten Hughes. Yeah, he did. Is that the 1991 one? Mm-hmm. And that's also Steve Carell's screen debut. Oh, really? He's a white. He's a waiter at a yeah. restaurant. Uh, I believe he also directed less than zero. Less than zero. You were yeah. going to say that, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Did he direct less than zero? <laughs> I don't no. think so. I didn't think so. I don't um, see Macaulay Culkin in less than I'm gonna zero. Say, I'm going to say Catherine Bigelow directed less than zero. I have nothing to back so that up. That's wrong he, too. He yes. wrote Home Alone, but Chris mm-hmm. Columbus directed. See, I was going to say Home Alone to be honest. With um. You. So that was during that phase where he just wrote yeah. stuff. Um, I'm going to say eight movies. He also did 16 Candles, St. Elmo's Fire. I'm going to uh, say six. Uh, I'm saying nine. What was that other movie he did where Uncle Buck. on the football field? These people are not going to help you out, Sam. They're the, trying the, to The win. Breakfast yeah. Club. The Breakfast Club. <laughs> I'm saying four. He did four movies. Joey <laughs> says eight. Mike yeah. said six. six. I'm saying nine. 
I think one of those answers is probably correct. Joey nailed it. Yes! <laughs> what do you say? What do you say? What do eight. I win? Eight. What do I win, Jimmy? Nothing yet. We'll see how, how, how you do. So, yeah, we had uh, 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, Weird Science. Weird Science. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh. She's having a baby, which I've never seen that movie. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. And I'm a little disappointed, Mike, Uncle Buck. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess mm-hmm. you didn't tell me that he specifically didn't direct Uncle Buck. That's true. That's not fair. I apologize. And then Curly Sue in 1991, he which is um, a great movie. Really sweet. Mm-hmm. Twisted, but sweet. He's a homeless child who murders people. Yeah. So these three movies from the 80s, I, right. I want to know, they're, they're science fiction movies. Which one of these movies had the largest budget? Uh, the Abyss, Ghostbusters 2, Back to the Future Part 2, and I also threw in uh, Batman because Sam's here. Okay, clarification first before we dive into this. Now, 2 and 3, Back to the Future, were filmed back-to-back. Are we considering those one that's, production? Or are we considering uh, those no, those separate productions. Okay, separate? Okay. But that's, that's a good clarification. That's a good... Okay, uh, just wondering. Yeah, that's no, the case. Good. I'm going with the abyss. My vote is also the abyss. I feel like I feel like I think it's the abyss, but I feel like I have to say something different. It would okay. be nice. What, what were they? Diversity. What were they again? Ghostbusters two, Back to the Future two, Abyss, and Batman. Uh, uh, the 1989 Batman. Um, I'll say Batman. Sam, you want to go with Dick Tracy? I was going to say Avatar. Oh yes, it is actually. No, it was the abyss. Yes, classic James Cameron. What do I win, Jimmy? <laughs> You're out, Joey. <laughs> I win. We're tied. Sam has zero points. Stop it. I said Avatar. All right. This is my last one for okay. now. For all the I watched a, a movie this week that got a really bad review on Rotten Tomatoes. I decided to watch it anyway, and I really liked it. So these three movies all got really bad ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, but one of these ratings is false. So Space Jam got 23%. <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Home Alone got 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. And Last Action Hero got 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. Home Alone's got to be way higher. Really? I'm going to say Space Jam is higher. But I agree with the 20%. I, I, I think that's a terrible movie. I'm going to say Last Action Hero deserves a higher Rotten Tomato percentage. I, mean, I got to go with Space Jam. Last Action Hero. That's right. Norm wins. Oh, wow. Norm wow, wins. Wow, wow, 35%. This is the first time I've ever won. I'm really proud of this. Oh, I'm sorry. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So I guess we can expand upon how unlikable both of the main characters are. I think especially Richard, Jonathan Silverman, mm-hmm. because they're, they like try to portray him as like the sense of reason because he wants to call the cops. The straight man. Yeah, and apparently he can't go to work without Larry, even though they're both. I think they to share work. the same job somehow. I don't think they have different jobs at the same company. I think yeah, they, yeah, yeah. the two of them perform the same. It's one job title that tab. they just keep, and they keep them both around. He's a pathological liar for yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, my aunt is every, sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my aunt, aunt is my, very my sick. My parents, uh, a plane hit a hit a bus or whatever. A train. Yeah, a plane. yeah, yeah my parents train. died when a plane a fell on a on a, a train. train. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, he's not even good at it. It's, it's like it's supposed to be cutesy, like he's really shy mm-hmm. and nervous. But and I like Catherine Mary Stewart, but her level of forgiveness towards Jonathan Silverman is just it like is. I don't know, man. She's a ding dong. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're a ding dong if like this he is. sees her at the Hamptons and he's like, "Can you ever forgive me?" 
Be like, uh, actually, no. I know She's nothing like, about you. Crazy he, he's, he's a pathological liar to begin with. Then he tries covering up a murder. It's like he's learning how to lie. Why they didn't steal that briefcase full of money, because clearly that's something that these two characters would do. What upset me the most is they open up that briefcase, they find the letter, which is confirmed by evidence on the recording that, yes, Bernie was plotting to kill them. So then they find this letter saying that uh, Richie was getting a sex change and he's murdering him over it. So then what do they do? They freak out. They put the letter back in the briefcase and lock it and then try to hide. Why didn't they just take yeah. the tape out of the tape thing? Take the take all that shit? Because they can prove that this kid's not getting a sex change. There would be a doctor record, you know. I would just take that shit to the police, minus some of that money. So here's an open question for everybody. You're in Richard and Larry's position, and you've discovered this error. You don't have their persona. You are you. But you show up at the Hamptons for a fun-filled weekend of 80s bikinis and saggy boobs, whatever, and you discover Bernie dead. So what do you do? Call the police immediately. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's yeah, that's what you would do. I would hope that's what you would do. Yeah, I, mean, I don't understand. In, in the real world, in this, in the, if we're being us, I mean, you call the police. It would have solved every issue with the movie, too. Like oh, the movie, the would, movie like, would have been 10 minutes, Everything would have been wrapped then, up. Yeah. But they would have figured it out because it was oh, such a botched... you mean Earl... Edward. You want to leave a message? Because that's the only person available. Oh, also, you're high on coke and it's really hot. Yeah. So <laughs> well, to mention. So as I'm a, the heat. as I'm I approaching the, the body telephone, was sweating at different points in the movie. <laughs> as I'm approaching the telephone to call the police, that's when the the floating party arrives. So all of a sudden, there's a hundred people in the house. Oh, you're right. Everyone's yeah. talking to Bernie. So even if mm-hmm. I was standing there, just being like. He's f***ing dead. Like, look at him. No one would believe you. Right. <laughs> so then at that point, I grab the bottle of champagne. I get in the little Porsche golf cart, and I just drive. <laughs> just <laughs> drive to leave. the yeah. Just hide in the lighthouse. <laughs> Nobody's paying attention. Yeah, I'd yeah. be like, well, this has nothing to do with me, so later. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Why not? Well, that one party goer almost discovered Bernie was dead. When she was in on the couch, she's like, Bernie? Bernie, then oh. that kid jumped oh, in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that she's the one who discovered yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why uh, Andrew McCarthy's character felt the need to be right by Bernie the whole time during that party. You said, why not? That could have been the name of the movie. Could have been, why not? Because that's kind of their uh, mentality. Yeah. Just <laughs> cover this whole thing up. Or just, like, get your, or just like keep your distance and let somebody else discover him. Right. That would have been my plan. It's the mentality behind the making of the movie. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Imagine how much better the movie would have been if there was one character whose his role throughout the whole movie was he knew Bernie was dead. And while they're trying to pretend he's still alive, he's trying to convince, convince everyone he's dead. He's like, oh, he's dead. Look at him. And they're just oh, like, no, yeah. he's not. And then it's the big reveal at the end. Like, I was right. Yeah. He's That's a spy versus spy situation. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can kind of appreciate their their situation. I mean, they're so miserable. Maybe that's why they wait so long to get out to the island, to let you know just how pathetic their lives are. You need a lot of build-up. You need at least 45 minutes. At least 45 minutes of build-up. To get to that point. Like, if you you went and saw that movie and you hadn't seen a trailer and you didn't know what it was about, like... You would have no idea what you were in for for the first... You would think, is this just a movie about a hot summer? <laughs> is this and, a drama? and then there's some sort of like insurance fraud 
angle and then ultimately it just ends up being a movie about these two men puppeteering a dead man's body yeah there are two it, completely different plots going on <laughs> and, and the insur- both of them are razor thin the insurance thing is never really wrapped up is it i mean no, like no. yeah what what happened to the money no Who one knows? ever finds it. They never find the note. They never talk about the tape. It's just the ambulance is just like, Bernie Lomax is dead. And the guys are like, what a wild weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and then a child buries him in the sand. Yeah. Who looks like the kid from Problem Child. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they could just take the briefcase, destroy the note, and leave with the money. Because that was some shady money anyway. Mm-hmm. And they're both just so incre- like unfathomably self-absorbed. But Larry has that really kind of well-performed, I hate to give him credit, but the whole line where he's like, you know, everybody was so jealous at the office. I was finally about to have this one good thing happen in my life. I live in an apartment full of roaches. So now we know that everybody at the office knew that they were going to spend the weekend at Bernie's. Mm. So it's not like they can just leave and pretend like they were never there. There's a lot of people from the office there. You know, not only that, but like, like everybody seems to be pretending an awful lot. Like I'm pretty sure no one would even think about these two having been there. Yeah, that one dude uh, just blacks out on on the couch. <laughs> Tell Bernie, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the idea, isn't it? Oh I would God. love to see a movie about the the investigation from like the police angle, like them trying to figure out what happened that weekend. What happened to the body? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like what the. F- like, who, who, there's literally like 50 suspects in that murder. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> body is decaying already. The body vanishes, if you think of it that way. You yeah. never find him. He rolls away. The kid buries him in the yeah. sand. So they'd be like, they open the ambulance when they get back. They're like, Where, where's the corpse? Those they guys are getting fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the little, the little snot nose just like buried the body and left it? Like you think one, the of the, one of the EMTs would be like, oh my God, his body's gone. Holy shit. This and then the, look 10 feet away and be like, oh, no, it's right there. This movie is the other side of a noir film. <laughs> no, I think it is a noir film. <laughs> no, the noir film would be the investigation to find out that all this shit happened. But you're just the detective what happened before. Write it. Greenlight it. <laughs> it's, it's in the fucking works, man. <laughs> the People versus Larry Parker is what I want to watch on Netflix. Oh it would be a really frustrating investigation. You get a corpse on your door that's got a wig stapled to his fucking head. The, the second one, I don't know how well you remember it. For some reason, I remember it very well. How does but it start? It starts with this little like cartoon sequence of them like no chasing the way. body. Yeah. And then it fades in with Bernie's corpse in the uh, New York City morgue. And so it starts pretty much right where it left off. Immediately. Immediately. How'd they find, where, it sounds way better the than the first one. <laughs> off the sand into the morgue. So somebody... Because, like, how long does it take for someone to bury a person? Quite a while. Yes, that kid. The kid was moving yeah. pretty fast. <laughs> that kid was at it for a while. He was like... Where these ambulance drivers just weren't looking for him. Smoke break. Maybe the kid had a change of heart. Smoke break. <laughs> just like, hey, before we get this course... Coke break. Yeah. Yeah. Please, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coke, coke too. Coke. They're probably just chain-smoking packs. Yeah. You want to do coke off each other's real quick? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so they flew the... I mean, I don't need to see the body being flown back to New York. It sounds Thank like you. what you're saying to me is that Weekend of Bernie's 2, which involves voodoo rituals, has a way thicker plot already <laughs> than Weekend of Bernie's 1. It starts immediately it with what's going does. on. It's the same characters searching for treasure. What? With a dancing corpse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, 
they find a, a safety deposit box in the Saint in, in Saint Thomas, and the way that they try to fake or try to like fake Bernie's whatever they need. Larry goes, he's got a safety deposit box. Awesome. And then they find out, oh, they need Bernie to actually sign the deposit box. So they're like, ah, f- now what are we gonna do? So they do some coke, and then they decide that they put a trench coat on Bernie, and Larry sticks his arm up the trench coat and out the sleeve. And so Larry's arm actually looks like the coat is around Bernie. Does no one look behind these guys in the entire movie? No, and it's also like July, and Bernie's got a trench coat and the it hottest week. So hot, yeah, so, so hot. hot. And they're like, even in the first one, they're like flopping his body around like it's not 180 pounds of dead weight. Oh my god! That, like, wouldn't he smell after like 10 minutes? Yeah, so start to stink. And he bloats. Like they blow release the gases or the body would explode, which would have been a funny if, way to end the movie. But instead of going through all the trouble of using voodoo to get him to sign a deposit box, why didn't they just grab the fucking briefcase that had $2 million <laughs> it would have been, it would have that been they so had in easy. their hands? And all they had to do is walk out the door and they were fine. Nobody no one would have ever known. Yeah. There's fingerprints all over that place from 100 different guests every single weekend. And they weren't even the ones who killed him. So you're thinking, like, they could have just grabbed the deposit box and then go back to work? Yeah. Or, like, grab the deposit box and disappear? Grab the suitcase. They seriously just could have... Or, yeah, grab the suitcase. Taken the suitcase yeah. and left the other and been like, oh, it was great. Did you hear Bernie died? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone would have been like, oh, shucks. That's crazy. Or just be like, oh, we never got a hold of him. Yeah. We, we were tried never calling there. him before we went. Well, I guess their fingerprints would be on everything. Yeah, but they wouldn't have to lie about anything. Nobody knows about this money. And yeah. And that's it. Nobody knows about the money. Nobody knows that these two are involved in anything in any way. People can look at these two dudes' backgrounds and see that they had no access to syringes or drugs to murder Bernie. Ridiculous. There's no like they would be written off the thing quick, and they'd have two million dollars in straight cash. They could they could just live off of. Yeah, that's so stupid. So they could have like and they could they, they could have taken the money yeah. and then gone back to the office and. Uh, Portrayed that they knew that he died, or no, they could go back to the office and say, "Yeah, we were only there for uh, a night, and Richard had explosive diarrhea, and we had to go mm-hmm. back to they New York." They didn't even have to give an excuse. Yeah, yeah. we were the there o- and the left. only person that saw them there was Gwen, and it's addressed at the beginning of the film that that's her last day at the office, so she <laughs> yeah. never see anyone to tell <laughs> yeah, anyone like, I saw out them. Out of their there. way to make this movie less like. <laughs> Less sensical. <laughs> Sentient cocaine directed this <laughs> picture. Sentient, yes. Sentient cocaine directed this movie yeah. and also has a cameo as a lighthouse. There's something he flies around like the Sandman and Spider Man. It's like a like a cloud of cocaine. <laughs> so yeah, Jonathan Silverman lies his off to Gwen at the beginning, lies his off during the date, lies his off at the house, and then begs her forgiveness and she it's okay with it, which destroys her character in my book. Yeah, I mean, wasn't she just complaining about the fact that some dude lied about living with his parents and then it happens again? That wouldn't be a red flag for She's her? a wealthy trust fund kid who talks about, like, yeah, man, it's hard to live with my parents. How can you afford this place? And then you see her just walking along Bernie Lomax's beach in the Hamptons like she's yeah. been for so long. Yeah. She's a liar, too. That's that's true. They're actually. all liars. Every, everybody's guilty. Yeah, and there's no way that a person with her kind of money would be impressed with the apartment he was living in. No. No. If she goes to Bernie Lomax's house, obviously knows him. Like, she literally walks up on the thing like, oh, hey, everybody. Oh, I need to talk to Bernie. Bernie. Yeah. But she's impressed by the apartment in Manhattan that's decked out in 60s furniture. Like, Seriously. 
paper and, and, thin. and sliding wood doors. Paper thin. I think she, like she, she's doors. the heart of that movie. If I, you know, if there was one, I mean, think of this way. Okay, okay, she's a trust fund kid. All right, her parents are loaded. She, her parents live next door to Bernie Lomax. For all we know, they live on the same beach. They hang out all the time. But you know, she decides one day, I don't want your money, mom and dad. I'm going to New York. I'm getting out on my own. I'm making my own way. I'm going to be. Uh, you know, an intern, and I'm going to work the desk at some business operation up here in New York. <laughs> insurance I don't company. want your money. Yeah. I'm working at this insurance company. I'm going company. into insurance yeah. instead of yeah. money. So she meets our protagonist, and they hit it off. She's had guys try to wine and dine her, sweep her off her feet, taking her to fancy restaurants, throwing money around. But no, she likes him because he's like, I'm going to take you to this shitty little Chinese restaurant. You know, uh, what? Half and then Jewish, she's like, half Chinese restaurant. You know, she makes the decision. I'm going to go back to school. This is my last day at, at work. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but why? I'm going to make something of myself. She's like, this guy's aunt's dying. Uh-huh. All his no pa- his All parents are crushed no by death, death plane. Just follows this poor bastard <laughs> oh everywhere he goes. His aunt, then his parents, a train and a plane. Yeah, he's nothing yeah. but red flags. Her, yeah. her, her <laughs> death follows this man. Yeah, seriously. It's she not even. To... It's not even forgiveness. It's like maybe she just she's afraid to be alone. This is a straight up horror. You movie. know, maybe she. Because let's say the thing too. Like he is so infatuated with her, and uh, it's an office crush, bro. We've all had him. Either ask her out or move the fuck on. She addresses. She's, she's like, "Why didn't you ask me out sooner?" She liked him too. Yeah, before all the lies and death. Before <laughs> yeah, all the lies. Yeah. So he finally does like accidentally ask her out by the grace of God, and then goes back to Andrew McCarthy, and he's like, "Larry, it worked. I got a date. The clumsy approach worked." <laughs> As if that's not who you are as a person. Which I thought was really interesting. Like, that was a conscious decision to be clumsy. It's like, no, you are accidentally yourself. And you managed to ask her out. And now you're, like, quickly to jump back back into that whole role. We don't even... That happens off screen, too, when he asks her out. So we don't even know how many more lies he told her. Or maybe, in order, like, fell down an elevator shaft. Someone, <laughs> everyone in that elevator died. <laughs> Yeah, then he, falls, then he falls down the lighthouse, and yeah. then the clumsy mm-hmm. approach works again. And he falls down clumsy. at least 45 stairs, and, and he, like, sits falls, up and rubs his elbow. onto the stairs from, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. higher up. It's, like a, it's, probably, a, it's a drop. It's a mm-hmm. straight drop onto wooden stairs that he then tumbles down and, like, skids down. And then he gets up, and he's like, ah, funny bones. That, yeah, exactly. That was a piece of trivia I read, was that was the stuntman. It's the same guy that was also the, the, the double for Bernie. So literally, that man's job, he was hired to perform stunts of just being tossed over ledges, falling downstairs, dragged out into the ocean. It's the same guy. Why don't you just get the classic like lifeless dummy yeah. and just no, throw no, it around? They needed a real man because they wanted this to be a real film. Yeah. <laughs> we need a real man. This is a real grassroots kind of movie. Yeah. So uh, Terry Kaiser, who played Bernie, is dead, unfortunately. Uh-huh. But I would love to... I would pay probably... Or is he? He might have it. <laughs> Q2 empty casket. I would pay probably $25 to hear a 10-minute interview about his retrospective thoughts on the movie. You know, because he reprised his role, which I would, I would hope that if yeah. he did not agree to be in the movie, maybe he had like a multi-picture deal, but I, I don't think that they were on that page. Because uh, he was in the second one, so he must have liked his experience in the first one. I think he was just like, no one can play Bernie better than me. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no yeah. one can do dead Bernie better than me. <laughs> I'd I like to see it. you sit there with your head down for hours. <laughs> He's all resentful. Yeah. I wanted to see if uh, – I don't think that uh, Ted Koch have directed the second one, so now I need to know who did direct the second one. 
His father, no. Monroe. Monroe. <laughs> Lay out my blue suit, Monroe. I'll lay you out. <laughs> yeah, so then he, uh, Jonathan Silverman's dad walks out, and uh, he says it's his butler, and she somehow believes it. And then he has to, like, go so far as to say, that, that'll be fine, Monroe. Like, just keep your mouth shut, dude. Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't need to push it. She buys it. Does. Just like, drop it. He's he, already he sold it. ups himself constantly for no reason. He's obsessed with lying. It's not, he's not trying to hide anything. That's who he is. I think the movie is mostly about lying and pathological lying. Oh, totally. Like, and a man like, who's learning to lie for the very first time. <laughs> he, he, like, he goes to such lengths to lie uh-huh. as to pretend a dead body is alive when he 100% does not need to. It's about this, how not to lie. This, is, this, should, this movie should have been called Pathological Liars on a warm summer's night. Mm-hmm. And why it's awesome. Because and they glorify it. Because they all end up okay. Title. Nobody yeah. has any sort of like accountability for the fierce lies that they tell. I think that's the 80s for you. I don't think there were a lot of morals instilled in yeah. a lot of those movies. The Once comedies again, of the 80s. Those, like, their morals for the Breakfast Club. Yeah. As time has gone on, I think that audiences have just demanded more and have asked more questions and... Uh, Movies like this don't really... I mean, they're still, like, ridiculous movies, but I think it was a lot more prevalent in the 80s. It plays like a dinner theater play. Like, it's, like, with the blocking and just the overacting between mm-hmm. the two leads and, like, um, what's his name? Andrew McCarthy is always jumping up on things. Like, the blocking of the actors is just is so weird. Like, mm-hmm. he's always... They're always bouncing off stuff and, and sitting on things that you're not supposed to sit on, like tables and shelves... Like it's just still, it's, <laughs> there's so there's coke. so much cocaine. <laughs> they just cannot Ooh, the champagne sit. Is good. Ooh, is that a Liechtenstein? You want to go for a hike? Doesn't Bernie have a boat? Yeah. Andrew, you sit in this. Ah, yeah, ah the boat's out of control. <laughs> Andrew, you need to stay still. So the di- I'm jumping on the couch. The director of Weekend at Bernie's two. His name is uh, Robert Klein, and he directed four things. And he directed Weekend at Bernie's Part 2 in 1993. And also in 1993, he directed The Odd Couple TV movie. Wow. Which is interesting. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think their biggest, uh, well, one of their biggest flubs was these characters. You could have had all of their dialogue the same, not changed anything, but just had two really quick somethings of either one of them doing something somewhat morally sound to make to like try to make them a little bit likable. Yeah, like pet the dog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Classic movie move. Or be like, yeah, let's take this money, but first let me help this old lady across the beach or something, you yeah. know. They like they film it and they force the actors to portray their parts as the heroes in the situation. But none of the plot or the story or the ways in which they react to things makes them the hero. It makes them the villain. They, they're digging their own graves here. They are so that, digging their own graves. So pun intended. Well, we did have that very sweet conversation <laughs> with that old woman on the ferry. Yeah, I know. That so was fact, sweet. You know, like, See you soon. See you, sorry. Yeah, it was, it was I've, seen, I've seen conversations very like sweet that in serial killer movies. Wear, wearing they, his, his shorts and his big puffy. I think yeah, but they allowed a woman to have sex with a corpse. 
It's true. They, like, they were like, yeah, not even that. They didn't even enough. stop her. What about no. the, the great uh, fight scene between the fumbling assassin <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Bernie? <laughs> yeah. Bernie's corpse drops behind him and he strangles him to death because he thinks <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. fighting him. I love the idea of a corpse being dropped onto you and somehow through circumstance yeah. you're convinced that it's a living, breathing body. <laughs> yeah. But you bastard. <laughs> yeah. He's choking him to the ground. Yeah. The number of times that he tries to kill him is hilarious. Yeah, you're right, though. It is very theatrical and that everything is so incredibly larger than life. And it's almost like the movie celebrates excess. Like the decade in which it was made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point, good point. Yeah, about- just like the plot of the movie is just so asinine that if you can't get past the plot, please don't go see this movie. Uh Although you've probably already been tricked into seeing it if you bought a large pizza at Pizza Hut in mm-hmm. 1996. Remember that? They sold, they gave away the copies of the DVD uh, when you <laughs> bought a large pizza. Ah, yes, 96. I remember everything that happened at McDonald's. That's, that's so long from when the movie was made. Like, they couldn't have picked a better movie to pick <laughs> yeah. out DVD. Well, I we think the studio was like. Hey, Pizza Hut, I got a deal for you. How about we give you 75,000 copies of Weekend at Bernie's on DVD? I remember when they started making DVDs and they would put DVDs into cereal boxes and it was always Muppets Take Manhattan. DVDs in cereal boxes? F&A. Oh, Mm -hmm. I remember when Walgreens had their, uh, they were trying to figure out how to rent DVDs and they had the packaging in this vacuum sealed container and it was just the disc and once you open the disc they, and it was it exposed was, to it air destruct and like yeah i also remember hd dvd remember that format oh, yeah. Mike had a couple I, of I went balls deep in the hd dvd i was like norm That's, i'm going in yeah. hd dvd all the way it was the better product i had at least 100 of those hd oh, DVD yeah. discs. i forgot I about I your like, movie Blu- collection i was like blu-ray no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Blu-ray, I, more like no way. I made the wrong decision on that one. So It's all I, good. I, I was able to unload them all at a, at a good price. At a pizza oh, hut. I saw, I saw the train you know, going off the tracks. I'm like, all right, let's do this now. So I was able to sell them off for face value and nice. get a Blu-ray player. I just, I just had my Ooh. breath taken away because I just uh, recalled your, uh, your DVD <laughs> collection. The wall. When you used to have it at uh, the Heights house. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was... Those are all gone now. Oh, really? (laughs) I sold them all, yeah. Well, I sold, when we moved here, like 300-some VHS tapes that I was holding on to with Dear Life. Although I had never watched them. Yeah. Ever. (laughs) It's still... They were still one of my... It it was difficult for me to sell my... Really? Yeah, it took... I I went to this store in St. Louis that buys DVDs and CDs and stuff. I was there for four and a half hours. And I had... While they were going through... I had 12... Tupperware containers, and it took four employees to go through every single Wow. And but you took pretty good care of the discs, and they, I'm assuming. they cut me a check. Wow. Because <laughs> they could not give me cash. I'm sure. So, Jeez. Was, well, that's satisfying, you've built, you've I built mean, a kind good, of. You've built a good chunk of that back, though. Yeah, now, I'd say I've you? got about a quarter of what I used to have in, in Blu-ray now. That's the bare essentials. The bare essentials. Yeah, see, with my DVDs, I, I would be like... I would go and be like, all right, don't have that, don't have that. I'd have stuff still wrapped up. I'd mm-hmm. be like, I had two copies of something or the Do you other. Juana Man. <laughs> Shit, you know I had Juana <laughs> Man. <laughs> monkey Bone. I had Monkey Bone. Mm-hmm. I loved Monkey Bone. I love Monkey let's, Bone. Let's not, we'll save that for another day. But Yeah, yeah that's a, that's a, well, who was that director? It was Harry Selleck, the uh, guy yeah. who did Nightmare, Nightmare, uh, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Christmas. Yep, yep. I and really liked that movie. made Monkey Bone and then nothing else. And then Brendan Fraser... Career was destroyed. <laughs> George of the Jungle was good. He, 
Yeah. Oh, oh was, yes. Was it? When the narrator has to, like, correct these gentlemen on how they're reading what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A-W-E-R. He was still in, like, heartthrob status for George of the Jungle. Totally. I mean, I was more of a Devon Sawa guy, but a lot of people did like... I know, right? (laughs) I wrote a a script uh, in my younger days (laughs) for Leslie Nielsen. Uh, It was a parody of Titanic, and in that script, I'd written a part for Brendan Fraser as Link. Wait, was Leslie Nielsen Nielsen playing the Leonardo DiCaprio role? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'd pay to see that movie. (laughs) In my head, it was him and... uh, and the love interest from uh, Naked Gun. Oh, okay. Priscilla Presley? Yeah. Body. Is that Priscilla Presley? Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it was an older woman. Yeah, yeah it was Priscilla Presley. Yes, think... Priscilla Presley and Leslie Nielsen, I definitely thought that I had a shot at it. And movie Great star O.J. Simpson. O.J. Yeah. Simpson. <laughs> I was really late to the to the Blu-ray game, and I bought, bought a Blu-ray player late. I have the the Blade Runner 5-disc set, and that's the only that's one. Great. The Final Cut box? Yeah. yeah. I was like, if I have to buy one more version mm-hmm. of Pulp Fiction, I'm going to fucking kill myself. Because <laughs> I have like five copies now. Because every time a new one comes out, I'm like, gotta, gotta gotta get it. For that new three-minute behind-the-scenes. I know. Uh, and he never does commentary. Do you know that? Tarantino is like... He does. On some odd movies. Hot Fuzz, he does one with oh, Edgar Wright. Oh, but I mean on his own movies. Uh, True Romance, he does a commentary. Oh, yeah, he did write the screenplay. screenplay yeah. um, and I think he did like a scene-specific commentary for some scenes in um, Natural Born Killer. Was, yeah, because those good. are both from the same script. Natural Born Killers and True Romance. But that, same script. He wrote that, that script dives into the whole... took the first part, made True Romance, and the second part... Made but Roger movie. Avery wrote some of that, too. That's that whole oh, weird thing with, Paul like, Avery. Is. There was that time when they lived together or something, and so they, like, Pulp Fiction, Natural Born Killers, and uh, Reservoir Dogs all came out of... Like this series of things they did together, really? and then they ended up just taking this. And then Roger Avery wrote the story, of The Golden Watch, in Pulp Fiction about Butch. And um, then there's that whole thing where who gets the credit and so on and so forth. But yeah, that's always the case, isn't it? There's always someone who's the face, and then someone else who. Not not saying that Tarantino didn't have a hand in stuff, but it makes a little more sense because his movies have gotten a lot more talkative. They're always talkative. Since the the most, I mean, it really started with uh, Jackie Brown, which was a great, great movie. That's another great soundtrack, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all great. We just have to put that aside yeah, because mm-hmm. it just will be. But the pacing has changed from his earlier stuff that you just spoke of with Avery mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. his stuff now. The pacing has gotten a lot uh, more deliberate. Speaking of soundtrack, how about the one song soundtrack to Weekend at Burning? Oh my god! <laughs> Something like it, hot. Something like it, hot. Oh yes, you mean the Jermaine Wilson classic, Hot and Cold. <laughs> Which there's only two things that aren't available on iTunes Music Store, and that's Beyonce's Lemonade album and the Jermaine Wilson classic, <laughs> Hot and Cold. I guess kids aren't, they're not clamoring for that Jermaine Wilson like yeah, they were well, I think, I No, think, they're clamoring because it's not there. Where's my I, Jermaine Wilson? We're mom? sold out. I think Apple just can't uh, afford that contract. <laughs> yes. So you want two more uh, trivia questions? Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, so I didn't win. No, we got two more. I'm in the lead. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm in the lead. Just so everybody knows. Yeah. I'll lead. Well, I'll Norm's lead the one to beat. All right. All right, which of these directors has a higher net worth? Two big 80s directors. John Hughes or Tim Burton? Hughes. Burton. Yeah, Tim Burton. Burton. Hughes has written a ton of 
Oh yeah, yeah. John Hughes. John Hughes is one hundred and fifty million, and Tim Burton's is one hundred and forty million. Damn it! Stupid question. Good job, Mike. Good you job. regret even coming here, Sam. <laughs> no. Okay, this last one. Nineteen eighty-nine. There were some great Bam. movies that came out. Uh, which one of these two films earned more money? This is just domestic box office. When Harry Met Sally and Driving Miss Daisy. Oof. God. We're not talking home video. Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, Driving Miss Daisy. I'll say Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. I guess I guess I'll I'll say We're When Harry Met Sally. Oh. No, you, you should stand your ground. The movies with the movies with more staying power tend not to have made as much money when they first came out. Though I don't remember the last time I talked to someone about Driving Miss Daisy. I usually talk about it every cab I get into. <laughs> Take me to the Piggly Wiggly Hook. <laughs> slow down now, slow down. Now well, now well, it's all just guarding tests. That's all I remember. Oh my god. About. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Whenever I think of Driving Miss Daisy, I also think of Guarding Test. Why yeah. is that? Because they're basically the same movie, but one of them has a gun. That's weird. I've never seen Guarding Test, but for some reason, whenever... I yeah, dude, like... she's like the first lady, or ex-first lady, and Nick Cage is like the Secret Service agent who's supposed to drive her. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, anyway, the answer is Driving Miss Daisy. Ah, yeah. Yeah. With $138 million. Booyah! Versus, uh, 76.8 million. Nice. Nice. That's a point for me. <laughs> I should get a point for being different. <laughs> we all get points for being different. <laughs> Did you win or should I ask someone else if well, you won? Well, technically Mike and I tied. I think we're tied. Yeah. Do a tiebreaker. Yeah, let's do a tiebreaker. Can Mike and I do a tiebreaker? Yeah. Do you have any questions? I do. Do you? Yeah, I'm I sorry. It, I, I should have asked down. you that. I wrote it down. And then you took a picture I of it on your phone? Wait. I can't wait. I know, I'm really excited too. <laughs> I'm just uh, trying to bring up my messages. AKA Google 80s movie trivia. He's searching right now. He's looking for a question. He's on the IMDb user reviews. Looking I'm not going to edit any of this silence out. This is going to be really awkward. Uh, okay. I have a bit of oh, trivia actually, I can I say I in the silence. I do actually, I do actually have, have a bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. What was the first movie to use CGI? As something real, as opposed Sherlock, to something young Sherlock Holmes on a first movie, as something real. That's not correct, anyway. The stink last night. No, it was uh, the last Starfighter. Wait, you don't. You're not even gonna give us a chance to answer. Yeah. Well, he was fighting me on it. <laughs> That's a stupid question. Disqualified. Well, that was the worst tiebreaker question ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're like reading this question like, your, well, like Jeff Goldblum. Like, here's well, your tiebreaker well, question well, and well. answer. <laughs> What was the first? Another one down. I wrote another one down. I certainly hope so. Of course I did. Let me just pull up that other question I wrote down. Well, the other bit of info that I had while Sam searching is, uh, so the director directed First Blood. Mm -hmm. The the gardener who we were talking about that has the comically large knife that (laughs) they just instinctively attempt to kill. Yeah, I guess that would be like a guard, like a hedging knife, yeah. maybe. Well, yeah. Once again, a film about confusion. There's just no communication. Yeah, what, what, was like, his, what was his goal? Anyway. That man was the villain in Rambo First Blood Part 2, oh, and no. they also dressed him kind of the same with the scarf around the neck uh, and like cool. the safari outfit. That yeah. is interesting, but I'm afraid nothing 
any like interesting trivia about this movie was intentional. No, I know. I just love that there's two <laughs> Rainbow Connections yeah, in Weekend yeah, yeah. at Bernie's. <laughs> I, I don't want to give I don't want to give Ted too much credit. It's like, oh, that's something interesting they accidentally did. Yeah, just fun, just a little bit of info. Just a little bit of FF for you. We'll say Sam's out. Hmm? <laughs> Sam, are you? Was he still reading? looking up a trivia question? No, no, no. Who knows no, what I Sam's doing? I was just mm-hmm. waiting. Well, now we're all waiting. Well, so I think I think I can speak for Mike and myself. So the winner gets to pick the flick, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Where were the exterior scenes in Escape from New York filmed? <laughs> what did you that say? Was it was A's trivia. A's trivia. It's trivia. That was unexpected. Yeah. That's a good question. Uh, That's a good question. Shit. Escape from New York filmed. Well, under- if you don't like it, I can find another that I've also written. We down. underestimated him, guys. <laughs> he did a great job. Detroit? Yeah. I don't know. No idea. I've, Hollywood. Uh, I'm gonna say <laughs> Pinewood Studios. No, I'm gonna say uh, Atlanta or Vancouver. <laughs> no, we got it. So we have to ask another one. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> what is it? I mean, Dallas, Texas. East St. Louis. Ah, f- uh, very good. Yeah. Very good. All right, but for this next one that I had prepared. We're going straight to the source. IMDb? No, no man. We can have still going. Have, no, I'm mm. saying... Uh, and this one is something that I'm sure one of you should, will know. Uh, so how are you doing, Jimmy? <laughs> you know, my day's going pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty hot outside, though. Oh, God, it's the hottest day of the summer. Some like get it your, hot. Get your <laughs> ass out of here. It's too hot for that. I wish Let's we had go to the beach. beach. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh. There's no way you're going to get that one. God. You're terrible at this, Sam. Well, th- Boiny! There's just so much to know. Weekend at Bernie's was originally considered for two other uh, leading men. <laughs> the Corys. Oh. It was the Corys. Yes, I, I did read that. There you, there you go. I got the Corys right. I got yeah, Sam don't look at me right. like, like nobody's going to know that. Mike, you get question. to choose, but it, <laughs> uh, obviously it has to be a uh, Corey Feldman. Or Does it? Corey no, it can be uh, Corey Haynes. We'll see. Since since Mike and I technically tied, and I know Mike would want this too. What's the It's prize? what I've wanted to do since the first podcast I've been on here. Every yeah. try to win is only to get to this moment right now. <laughs> oh, we're out of time. Sorry. No, Jimmy, no. Jimmy, I have an idea for a movie that we could do. <laughs> what you got, Joey? Robocop. Oh yeah, let's do Robocop <laughs> next. That's a great idea. I mentioned this in the first podcast with Joey. I would like to do Breakdown, starring Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch and discuss Breakdown. I'm Breakdown with that. I'll break dance in excitement. Have you, have you seen Breakdown? Uh, yeah, it's oh, been a long time though. Joey, have you seen Breakdown? Nope. I remember there's a lot of sweaty Kurt Russell in oh, the yeah. movie. Yeah, there's, he's on he's on this truck and he goes to a bar and he's you know a bunch of stuff. Ooh. Breakdown, but we can also use it just as a Kurt Russell platform too. So yeah, we had talked about doing a Kurt Russell movie. I think the three of us mm-hmm. we are talking about it on air. Yeah, and we had all thought overboard. of Kurt Russell movies that, movie. that we hadn't Holy seen. Kurt Russell, yeah. mm. like you hadn't seen Breakdown, and I think I mentioned Bird on a Wire. That's, oh, Bird on a Wire is that's, great. That's Mel Gibson and Goldie. Oh Hunt. yeah, that's right. <laughs> but there are plenty of Goldie Kurt Russell Hunt movies and Kurt Russell. Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to do Overboard. It's the best. Which a remake was, when it comes out. Oh, I always confuse up. it with Going Overboard <laughs> with Adam Sandler, <laughs> which is truly unwatchable. Somebody let me borrow the DVD, and 
challenged me to finish it, I, and I couldn't do Oof. it. What about it Gone Fishing? You done that one yet? Ooh, what about Gone Girl? What, if, uh, what about Girl Interrupted? All right, what about The Interrupter? All right, I'm done. Ooh, what about The Corruptors? <laughs> Ooh, what about The 13th Floor? Oh, or... What about The 14 Guys? <laughs> How about 12 What about The men? Other Guys? <laughs> How about what about the, 20, the Others? The 25th Hour? I don't want to do that. That sounds boring. Ooh, but <laughs> that's a Spike. That's Spike Lee movie. Kurt he Russell. It doesn't have to be good. Just because it's Spike Lee doesn't mean it's good. Kurt yeah. Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell pod- Breakdown. podcast. Breakdown. We'll launch from Breakdown. Did you know that Kurt Russell starred in Escape from New York and Escape from L.A.? Do you know this, where they filmed is, the exteriors to Escape from New York, Sam? I believe it was Hollywood. He's the <laughs> only oh. one. He's the only one. Wow. <laughs> Well, thank God we're out of time. We're going to have to end this on that note. Uh, I wanted to, to thank Mike Feldhaus for being on the podcast with us. I had yes. a great time. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I all said that like I answered for you. Thanks, Mike. No problem, Jimmy. This is the funnest experience I've had all month. This Mike, is the best Mike day of my come life. on. Uh, and everybody else that doesn't even get mentioned by name, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're all great in your own way. And uh, next episode, we will be doing a breakdown. Who's the uh, Kurt Russell's wife in that movie? Oh, man. It's, I can't uh, remember. She gets uh, taken so early, I can't even yeah. recall who yeah, it she is. she gets snatched up oh, pretty she's fast. Played <laughs> she's played by Meatloaf. She's played by... She is played by Meatloaf. A literal plate of Meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> they were trying to capture the essence of a real housewife. <laughs> 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 Why does he still go by Meatloaf? That's kind of unbelievable to me. Is that he has? Is it not his name? I, it's not Meatloaf. It's not actually Meatloaf. Another one was like, ah, oh, Meatloaf. Well, it's his middle name. If you want to listen to the rest of our episodes, you can always do that on SoundCloud.com/slash/MovieShowTheater. Of course, we're here every Tuesday at nine. Uh, you can check out our Facebook page and give us a movie you'd like us to do. If you are tired of our ridiculous, oftentimes movie suggestions. Leave a message and tell us what to do. So, until then, I'm Jimmy Malone. I'm Sam Ball. I'm Meatloaf. <laughs> Mike Phillips. And I'm Norm Burns. And this has been Movie Show Theater. We like Burns. We like Burns. We move like Burns. We like Burns. We like Burns. We live the weekend, we move in like moving like burning. Hey, yeah, so awesome gotta dance too. You gon' start moving even if you ain't plan to. Believe it or not, it's easy as steps one, two. Hold your head back like a nosebleed coming through. Knowing you, you already want something new. Getting loose, off the buckle pass me the goose. Is it true you ain't never been to the boo? Here's a scoop, we can make it do what it do. This is jerk, it's a family, not a group. Other brothers from other mothers are still cool. Other colors with other struggles and still move. We smother busters that try to rush us and still do. 